Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for joining us again for episode four. Ooh. Four already? Really? Are we at four, Webby? Four weeks into the season, man. Four well, weeks. Three, three weeks into the season. Three weeks into the season, but episode four of the Ball on Blast podcast. And once again, I am Sheldon Alexander here as always with my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what's up? Oh, not too much, man. Snow is starting to fall in London, Ontario. My dreams of the summer are gone, but you know what that means, Shelly? Just means more time to watch NBA basketball, brother. And what a season it's been so far. Like, I know that people try to rip on the NBA for saying, you already know what's going to happen. The Warriors are going to win the championship. Blah, 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 blah. I'm entertained every single night by the NBA because there's always something going off. Whether it's, it's like a, Chris Stops, whether it's the Sixers, what it, like there's just always something. It's about the journey and not the destination. And it, like last year, last year was one of the best regular seasons of the NBA that I've ever been a part of and ever had the joy of watching. And this season has started gangbusters, you know? Who cares if the Warriors are going to win it all? Uh, it's how we get there. It's all the stories in between. And that's why we're here on Ball on Blast. Exactly. We are here to talk about all the biggest topics going on in the NBA. And as always, we start with our wrap it up segment. So it's an interesting week in Raptor land. We had the Raptors losing to the Wiz. And the talk wasn't really about the actual loss because John Wall wasn't playing because he was injured. But Kyle Lowry got tossed. And it was kind of a situation where we're getting this 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 tension i would i would phrase it as tension right. with lowry and the new offense and you know casey we we heard a lot during the offseason about the culture reset and the raptors need to have this new system a ball movement and change of offense it's not about the iso ball everyone's moving the ball then we get these key quotes from your boy Kyle Lowry i'm going to read them very you. very interesting quotes Quote. and i hadn't seen these until you sent them to me But this, what he said, like you talk about reading between the lines, man, he, it sounds like Lowry is screaming between the lines here. It seems like this is going to bubble over. Mr. Lowry said, quote, I think the way we're moving the ball, the ball's not in my hands as much. They want me to just get everyone involved. And for me, I've been used to having the ball in my hands. I always pass the ball, but more so I don't have the ball. I can't read the defenses as much as I usually could before. Quote continues, last couple of years, coach would give me the game for the first five, six, seven minutes of a game. I could feel out the game and get passes off and get everyone involved. And now it's like everyone has to be involved from the jump. For me, it's getting off the ball, moving and cutting, and it just hasn't been there for me yet. This well, is very said, At least he said yet. <laughs> <laughs> Right. This we we've known for a couple of years that the relationship between Kyle Lowry and Dwayne Casey, like it is in the NBA or in basketball at all levels, between the point guard and the coach, sometimes gets a little testy, right? Because it's yeah. a floor general. But this just seems super interesting because we know Casey is implementing a system that isn't really his, right? Like it's it, it's this NBA trend of ball right. movement and quick cuts, and Lowry really isn't the point guard for that. But yet, here we are. My question is, if this new offense doesn't work, Webby, is it on Lowry or is it on Coach Casey? Well, it's so funny. I mean, with the Raptors the last three years, like in this stretch of success that they've had the last couple of years, the one kind of drawback with the style of play that I've heard from everyone, from people who love the Raptors to people who are non-believers when it comes to the Raps, is that their big flaw is that when it comes down to it, it's ISO ball with DeMar and Lowry. And so I think this was part of the culture change that they, they wanted to bring in this year was that they wanted to get everyone involved. Like you said, they were following this trend of ball movement, Spurs and Warriors basketball, swinging around, make the extra pass. But maybe that's not who these Raptors are. And even though we complain about this ISO ball, like it was obviously successful they were winning 50 games a year with it. And to kind of tinker with that now. It's tough too, right? Because when you look at the rest of the NBA, 
it's counter to what's going on. If they stayed to let's slow it down, let's play this ISO ball style. When you have teams like the crappy Brooklyn Nets who are running up and down and I think it's like 106 possessions per game. Like it's really crazy. And so it's tough because sometimes you might just get run out of the gym by another team just because they're playing at such a faster pace. And so I can understand why you would want to, inject this new system and plus i think it's easier to run this system when you have lesser players if that makes sense right because it's it's mostly effort it's mostly back cuts it's like very fundamentally sound which you don't have to be lebron james to be able to do that you know what i mean and so i think with this with this team you see especially we've talked a lot about the kids and the bench and how they've looked when they've gotten minutes and it seems to be working for them just not as much with the starters. And I wonder if this is just going to bubble over going forward. Cause Lowry is trying to his credit. Like he is trying, right. And maybe it'll, maybe it'll work. I don't think it will, but I mean, credit to him for at least trying. And, and again, this is what the second week of, uh, us talking about something Kyle Lowry said, yeah, and it could yeah. be, it could be a trend going forward in this segment, but he is the leader of this team and ultimately this team will go as far as Lowry takes them. So unless he fully buys in, I don't know if the system's going to work and if the system doesn't work and they lose games, it could be the end of coach Casey. Well, it's funny you bring that up too, because if he had gone to the Spurs, like he said that he wanted, this is what he'd be doing in San Antonio. Uh There's no no way that pop lets him go out for the first six, seven minutes of a game and lets him feel out of defense. There's no way. You make great points as always, Mr. Webster, because that is so, so true. And uh, the, uh, the other thing that's weird here with this, when you talk about coaching and this ra- uh, the Raptors coaching, is this 12-man rotation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, like, we, were, we were talking last week about kind of what, what the Raptors are going to do now that they're finally healthy and, and, and who's going to see their minutes go down. But it, I think that this 12-man rotation is – is almost more of a situation than than the uh, than the ball movement offense here, man. Because you're not really getting any consistency with a lineup that's out there. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's very interesting because with the kids, I kind of like it that way, right? Because I think it keeps the kids on their toes, right? Jakob Pertl, Bebe, uh, Siakam—they're all going to be pushing each other because they're all going to be wanting minutes, and so maybe that could be a strength where you know. What it, what's the saying? Steel, sharpen steel. Is that, is that a saying, right? Iron, and like, iron sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that might be a thing where it works to their advantage that all these guys are going at the same time. And that almost leads us into the other thing I wanted to talk about a bit here, Webby, just to close out this uh, wrap it up segment. What do you think of Bruno Caboclo being sent back down to 905? Like he didn't have to accept this because he's already been in the year in the NBA for three years, but he decided to accept the Raptors sending him down and he can get more minutes and whatever. But what, what did you think about this whole situation of Mr. Brazilian Kevin Durant? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Two years away from being two years away. Exactly. Well, if this is his third year that he's one year away from being here, <laughs> you know, but the thing with this is I think it shows uh, his growth as a NBA player and as a professional, mm-hmm. you know, I have no problem with him accepting this because it shows that he's really serious about working on his game. And that's, that's what he has to do for sure. I if mean, he wants to stay and he wants to get minutes and eventually get minutes on the big boy team, you got to go down and continue to play and continue to improve and be a, a team or I guess in this case, an organizational player. You know what I mean? You're willing to do what's best for the organization. And right now that might be him going down and, and getting better. And that's fine too, because look at the players. They're like this Raptors team really does feed off this nine oh five. Look at Fred Van Vliet, man. Yep. I mean, it's not like he's going down to the. Uh, it's not the D. It's the G League, right, man? Yes, the G so League. It's not like he's going down there and they're going to forget about him. Like obviously, they think enough of Bruno to keep the investment in him by getting him more minutes down in the G League. So. I think it's positive for the Raptors and for Bruno. And if he does start to figure out the strengths of his game and get his shot down and and really show what he can do, I think it could be a real positive for the Raptors 
and he'd be right on schedule for being two years away from being two years away. I like it. I like it, Webby. Uh, let's move on a little here. Let's move on to our turn up, turn down segment, which oh, is heavy it. in the streets right now. People it are gets really me fired up. Gets you fired up, right? Uh, first topic, and as always, we'll explain it. Turn up, turn down segment. Turn up equals good. Turn down equals bad. Pretty straightforward, right? Simple enough. Simple enough. So we found out this week that Eric Bledsoe has been traded to the Bucks. So the topic is Eric Bledsoe makes the Bucks legit contenders in the East. Turn up or turn down, Webby? Mm, it's a tough one because we're talking about the Eastern Conference. <laughs> but I'm going to turn down. Oh, I'm going to turn down on this. I don't think that an addition like Eric Bledsoe to the Bucks makes them an Eastern Conference contender. I don't think that it puts them above a Raptors, a Wizards, a Knicks, or a Sixers. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Eh? No, no. I think that it's a really good piece, and, and, and it definitely solidifies them as you know, maybe a fifth, fourth, fifth, or sixth seed in the East. Okay. I think that uh, we still got to see what Eric Bledsoe can do on this team, how he's going to fit with a guy like Giannis. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that Bledsoe likes to have the ball in his hands. So does Giannis. We know that Bledsoe is kind of a moody player who likes to take to Twitter, so he's one of our favorites. (laughs) Yes. But is is Eric Bledsoe really – what in Eric Bledsoe's career has shown you – that he's the piece that's going to take a team over the hump. Interesting. Interesting, Webby. Interesting. I think he's a really good player. I think he's really talented, for sure, and he can be an excellent piece, but I don't think he's the piece that makes you go, oh, okay, you got to start to look out for the Bucks." I mean, I think people should be looking out for the Bucks anyway, but not because of Eric Bledsoe. Because it's because of Giannis. I mean, th- that team's success uh going into the middle part of the season and even into 2018 when they start to close it out it's all going to be about Giannis okay okay I'm gonna say turn up on this and I'm saying turn up because I already think the Bucks are legitimate contenders in the east I think when it's all said and done this season the Bucks already without Eric Bledsoe and remember Jabari Parker's coming back and I know he hasn't been able to stay healthy so far but But hopefully he is able to stay healthy. And now you're talking about two other additions to a team that last year already finished what? What were they? Fifth last year? No. Did they? Did they? Oh, six. The they, they, they were sixth. Yeah. So you're talking about a yeah. team that finished sixth last year in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And now you're going to tell me you're going to have an, another year and a leap from Giannis. You're going to have Brogdon, who was last year's Rookie of the Year. You that, slide was, him. Uh, I've got mad shenanigans on <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon being the rookie of the year last year. Okay, Mr. Sixers, Joel Embiid. Yeah, 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 yeah. But follow me here for a second, right? You got okay. you got Brogdon in his second year. You got Thon Maker, who's hasn't taken the leap so far that we 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 would want to see from Mr. Maker. But you're gonna add Eric Bledsoe and hopefully Jabari Parker to this team. Eric Bledsoe gives them another piece of someone who's able to create their own shot. We saw last year in the playoffs, especially against the Rap. Well, they only played against the Raptors in the playoffs, but we witnessed last year that after Giannis, they really struggled to have someone else score consistently throughout the series. And once the Raptors kind of made their adjustments on the Giannis and they put someone smaller on them, the team, the Bucks, really struggled to score. Middleton had like one okay game, but Brogdon was shut down after the first few games. But now Eric Bledsoe doesn't have to come in and score 30 a night. He just has to give off that he has the ability to drop 20 a night. Giannis will do the rest. Eric Bledsoe is another great piece. And again, it's the East. The Cavs are still struggling. But again, I'm not worried about the Cavs. But all I'm talking about is them being legit contenders. And I think they can give the Cavs a go. And I think that without Gordon Hayward, they'll definitely give the Celtics a go. I'm all in and turning up on Eric Bledsoe on the Bucks. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. You just kind of breezed right over that. The Celtics? You're talking about the, the 10 in a row Celtics team is going to be manhandled by the Bucks. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that will be our next turn up or turn down, Webby. Are you turning up on this Celtics team winning the East? Can the Celtics win the East? Turn up or turn down, Webby? I'm going to turn up. <laughs> they can they can they can they, i'll tell you i'll tell you right now they have the best coach in the nba 
you can uh, this year you can tell me about Pop and Steve Kerr all you want, but the way that this Boston team has rebounded from losing their $23 million a year man in the first five minutes of the season is unbelievable. I've I've watched them the last, I've I've been keeping my eye on the Celtics as soon as this win streak got to like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. And I I hate watch them too, because I hate Celtics fans. (laughs) I hate them. Yeah. Okay. But this team is like capital L legit. Okay. They, they got some bad, bad luck. Last night, I think Horford was out and they lost, and Tatum went down, right? Tatum Tatum twisted his ankle or something. Yeah, Tatum twisted his ankle, and Al Horford is in concussion protocol. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on with him. And yet, so, I'm pretty sure they're, they're still rolling, and you're right. I, I like what you're saying here with the Celtics. I'm also going to turn up. I'm not saying yeah. they will win. I'm saying they can so, win the East. I, I mean, if you look at the Cavs, man, and I'm still, I'm still turning down on the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, like, I think there's big, big trouble in the land right now. Uh-huh. And if if they do sputter along this season, it's, I mean, it could be the Celtics to lose. Even though I hate on the Celtics and their fans, mm-hmm. you, you want to see guys like Horford and Tatum play. So fingers crossed that these guys do get healthy and stay healthy this year. Because when the, when this team's on, man, they're deep. And they're, they've got guys who fit roles and play within this Brad Stevens system, it's it, it's unbelievable. And in this conference, which I harp on every week here, it's the East. Mm-hmm. And they could just, if they're firing on all cylinders and Brad Stevens has them winning games that they should be winning, like, oh boy, it could be trouble. I agree with you. It could be trouble. And another reason why I'm turning up on this as well, I think the easy answer is everyone looks at Kyrie Irving and they're saying, see, Kyrie can be the leader of a team and blah, blah, blah. I think that's the easy answer. Yes, Kyrie is playing well, but Tatum has played really well. Uh, Jalen Brown has taken another leap. Like those two kids on the wing have played amazing. And again, Al Horford is a very solid key piece. He's a grown up. And I know that sounds like that just sounds like an, an easy throwaway term, but he's actually a grown man that helps settle things down for their team. He does his job. He rebounds. He he plays solid defense, and he might be that you know uh, Papa Bear force in the locker room. You know what I mean? Kyrie calling him the OG of the team. You know, and I just think that all the things are working for them. They get back. Uh, whichever Morris twin is on their team, because I'm pretty sure I was about to mix them up. <laughs> I don't know which one either. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, think I think it's Marcus, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Amazing. But my point is they're, they're getting a Morris twin back who adds some toughness, some grittiness, yeah. you know, some sandpaper, let's say. And this team put that together with Marcus Smart, who we know what we're getting from him. He comes oh. from that bulldog Kyle Lowry kind of kind of cookie cutter cutout, you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of He's going to go all out. This team, this team, I don't know if the Cavs, and, and and we'll get to the Cavs, trust me, in our Feed Me segment, but this team with Brad Stevens, President Stevens, as Bill Simmons like to, likes to refer to him, they're going to be a problem, and we're seeing them reel off games, and I think they will have a legit chance at winning the Eastern Conference in the regular season. Playoffs, you know, I told you, I still am not worried about the Cavs, but for now, I'm I'm okay to turn up on the Boston Celtics. I we it's so cliche to say it. You brought up Al Horford, and like you say, he's a grown up, but he is the ultimate uh, guy who does so much that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. It's like the like it's so corny to say, but the picks that he sets yeah. should be recorded in some metric that we can follow <laughs> because I think we see guys like he's. I'm so used to seeing. What was so used to seeing Kevin Garnett setting the shadiest moving picks <laughs> in the history of the NBA, yeah. shuffling his feet, and then to see Al Horford like come up, set a huge screen that's completely legal. It, it's a beautiful thing to watch, man. I like that. That was a real deep dive for basketball heads. I like that one. <laughs> but, uh, how much I love screens. Martin <laughs> Gortat went to the Kevin Garnett School of Setting Screens. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, you talked about filling up the stat sheet. And that brings us to our next turn up, turn down. The New York Knicks are a playoff team. And 
the stat sheet part of this is because of Chris stops. But yeah. Webby, are you turning up or turning down? The New York Knicks are a playoff team. Oh, okay. Turning up. But it's a conditional turn up. <laughs> okay. It's a very conditional turn up because they have to make sure that Chris Stapps stays healthy. Yes. I mean, obviously. It's so obvious. Yeah. But when he is on the court, he truly is a freaking unicorn, man. It's crazy. I, we talked about it last. Is, listen, I came off as the smartest kid in school last week when I <laughs> when I did that. Porzingis is going to be better when it's said and done than Dirk. He finished off Eastern guy, Conference Player of the Week last week. He was un un friggin' stoppable. It was one but of the. Then, do you know what was last, crazy, Webby? Did you see the game against uh, the Hornets? The, yeah, where he blocked. Cody Zeller nine times on one possession. <laughs> it was so good. It was so crazy to watch him go against Dwight Howard because obviously oh. these are two people that you're looking at on a basketball court thinking, oh, these are your centers. And they these, couldn't these be play the same position. <laughs> right? It made no sense at all. But Kristaps was just going to work. The three that he hit over Dwight in like the final minute. The step back on the top of the key, Dwight looked like he had never seen that happen before in his life. And the space that Chris Stapps created with one step back, I was like, man, how is anybody in the league going to stop this? It's so funny you say that because that exact play, as I watched that happen live, I was like, what is Dwight Howard doing? Like, why would you, why would you fall <laughs> for that fake? Of course he's going back to the three-point line to shoot a three. And then I'm like, can I really get mad at Dwight Howard? <laughs> For like Dwight Howard, defensive player of the year, known for like yeah. blocking crazy shots and owning the paint. Can I really get mad at him for being on the perimeter and <laughs> trying to guard Kristaps? No, of course not. Right? I can't what get mad he, at Dwight for that. Like it was crazy. What are they gonna do? Switch on like Kemba Walker on Porzingis? It gets even <laughs> deadlier from there. The guy is an unstoppable weapon, but you read today that he's got an elbow problem already. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and they are super thin because beyond Kristaps, if you're really relying on Ooh. on Dougie buckets, Dougie McDermott, Kyle Quinn, yeah, like I mean, it's fun to see the Garden going crazy. We talked about that last week, and yeah. we saw it during those games last week. But oh, oh electric! It's so much fun, like. To see a, a a crowd that is just standing the entire like game, or at least for sure the entire fourth quarter, like, and you're hearing it during, like, you're hearing it come through your speakers, like, it just sounds so amazing. And when he hits that three, and you're hearing Mike Breen give the bang, like, bang. oh, it's so so good. So we're both turning up on the Knicks as yeah. a playoff team, conditional, as long as Kristaps is healthy. That's cool. Now one thing I do want to bring up too that I want you to turn up and or turn down on is we got to put Kylo Quinn in the Brendan Lynch uh, Hall of Fame for bench reactions for 27 2018. I know exactly the shot you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on that Kristaps three, right? Yeah, yeah. He, his reaction was amazing, man. Uh, so good. That definitely, uh, Lynch still says this to me now. If, you, if, if you're a, a serious Canadian basketball head, uh, you will remember the segment that used to air that was called Court Cuts. And that was done by one of our buddies, Brendan Lynch. And he always describes this, oh, that would end up in the circle. And what that means is <laughs> at, the be at the end of Court Cuts, there would always be a reaction shot of someone just going crazy. And it was a graphic created. And in the middle of said graphic, it would be the best like reaction of the week or whatever. So he would always say, whenever someone goes crazy, oh, that would end up, that would close it, that would close it. And that shot of Kyle O'Quinn on that Kristaps uh, 3, where he just turns and he's screaming and flexing, like, <laughs> yeah. so, so good. So good. So dope. I hope the Knicks can, can figure this out and keep this up. But, I mean, it's the Knicks, so history tells us. So Kristaps so <laughs> is going to get in a motorcycle accident or oh, something. jeez. Knock on wood or something. Come on, don't say that, Webby. No, no, uh, come on. Moving on. Turn up or turn down. We got some trouble out west, but let's see what we think here. Turn up or turn down. OKC is in trouble. I'm going to turn down on this. Okay. I'm going to turn down. I think there's too much talent on that team. Um, 
for them to really get worried. Now, uh, trouble at OKC, I, I assume you mean that, like, listen, they're not going to be a top one or two seed out West. That, that's where the big boys play. Yes. You know, and this is a, still a team that's, that's trying to figure out their way with these brand new pieces that they have. They've got to, let's be honest, they have a, a college basketball coach coaching all these guys, okay? As much as uh, Eddie Munster down there in Oklahoma City, you know, looks like a genius for having Russell Westbrook on the court, he's not exactly Brad Stevens or Popovich or Steve Kerr, you know what I mean? I hear you. So, uh, listen, it, it's going to take a little while for these guys to start coexisting. I think, like you said last week, Carmelo can go anywhere and he's going to get buckets. Yeah. Like that's going to be fine. But what they've got to do is really figure out a way to get Paul George more involved and to really start to play to his strengths. I don't know how they do it because I'm probably an even worse coach than Billy Donovan is. <laughs> no, I hear you, Webby. And the reason why this is even a topic, right? Right now you take a look at the standings. And as of now, when we're taping this, OKC sits at four and six, and the only teams they're ahead of in the Western Conference are your Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento oh. Kings, and the lowly Dallas Mavericks. So it doesn't look good so far, 10 games in. But I agree with you, Webby, and I will turn down on this topic. And the reason I'll do that is because we've seen this before. When super teams come together, it always takes a while for these guys to, to figure things out because we're dealing with a bunch of alpha males who are used to, you know, dominating the ball. And I don't know if you could find a, a situation where that would be more of the case than Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, right? Yeah. So even if you go back to uh, last year, the first season with Kevin Durant in Golden State, right? It yeah. took them a couple months for Steph to get used to KD and not do the whole, okay, your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn, right? Like, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant said eventually, him and Steph, they had the conversation. It was just like, listen, Steph, do you, be you. The reason why we're successful, the reason why you're the MVP is because you're you. And the same thing happened if you go back to LeBron James and the Miami Heat teams, right? Remember they got yep. there and the whole thing when LeBron first got there was, oh, this is Dwayne Wade's team and blah, 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 and all that talk. And then it wasn't, they started out, I want to say six and eight, or was it eight and six? Something like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, no, I think it was like six and eight. Right? And so they started off slowly as well before it was, no, no, no. Obviously, we're at whatever team LeBron James goes to, it's LeBron James's team. And they needed him to just take over and go ham, and that's what happened. And it, it just takes a while to figure these things out. And I'll go back to another example because I think the only time where things clicked right away for a quote-unquote super team was – the 2008 Celtics, where Kevin yeah. Garnett and Ray Allen came in, and it just fit perfectly. But the reason but they why were, that they worked, were also a lot older, they're a lot than, older, and I think their games just fit better, right? Like Garnett yeah. obviously is a post player. Paul Pierce is the one and one one on one ISO guy, and Ray Allen's a shooter, right? So yeah. like their games, there wasn't really much crossover in between their games. Whereas the other guys, you know, when you go back to uh, LeBron in the heat, or you come back now to OKC, it's going to take them time to figure it out. And I, I think what needs to happen is that same conversation where they go to Russ and they say, Russ, like, do you, Russ, be you, go crazy, go ham. Paul George will figure it out. I'm not worried about OKC. I think it's just early and they're too good to have this not work. Their defense has been fine so far. They have a pretty solid bench, which I don't think people really anticipated their bench no. to be this good. You're getting more than from Ray Felton than you thought of. And oh, yeah. the biggest thing I want to bring up here, right? Because my guy, I'm a mellow guy. I've always been a mellow guy, right? Going back to the Syracuse days. I just want to bring up mellow in this instance because look at how differently we perceive Paul Pierce before and after the Celtics big three. What was Paul Pierce before KG and Ray Allen? Really? Well, hold on now. Paul Pierce was an all-star, and he put a terrible, terrible Celtics team on his back and got them to the playoffs. Hold on. It wasn't just Paul Pierce, though. It was Paul Pierce, and you can't forget about Tuan. Tuan was or, there. Tuan was there doing work, too. Vitaly Potapenko. <laughs> Come on. Antoine Walker was solid, too. I'm, I'm, 
Come on. Guy, that team wasn't very good. No, oh, they weren't very good, but neither were the Knicks. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I think yeah, Melo yeah. Took a, takes a lot of flack for it not working in New York. And, you know, when Phil Jackson, who knows what his real MO was while he was there. But I'm, I'm willing to give it some time to see how this plays out with Melo and your boy Paul George in OKC. Yeah. And they just need Russ to be Russ. And his usage number is down from it, what what it was last year. But, yeah. you know, he's got to find somewhere in the middle to still go and be MVP, Russ, because that's why those guys are there. And he needs to be the leader of that team and just dominate. My my other thing, though, it, it definitely comes down to the coaching, man. Because if you think about these super teams, uh, uh, the Warriors, uh, you know, and, and the Heat with Spolstra, I mean, Billy Donovan is just not that guy. No, he's just totally not. Right. And and they better hope that he can figure out listen, dealing with Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook and getting them all on the same page is a lot different than getting a bunch of nineteen year olds on the same page who are just out of high school. What a whirlwind it's been for Billy Donovan though, right? Like I you know. leave college, you come to Oklahoma City, and you know, for you to leave that setup you had in Florida it had to be something crazy in the NBA, right? You can't turn down coaching Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. So you have that crazy first year, you lose, you blow a 3-1 lead in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Kevin Durant leaves, which is just like crazy on its own. Then you, like, the whole situation changes after Kevin Durant leaves, right? Then Russ just like goes up another notch, probably two notches into being the MVP in all world. <laughs> yeah. And then now it changes again to where you're adding two more all-stars, right? Like this has to be the craziest experiment ever for Billy Donovan. And I'd love to have to get an honest answer from him just in terms of what he thought it was getting into, what what he thought he was getting into. And then like what the reality is, because this is just crazy. It's nuts. Well, like as a college coach, he's used to uh, roster turnover. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Uh, Speaking of crazy chaos, brings us to our Feed Me segment. Oh, it's time. And there was a dude that made our Feed Me segment fairly easy this week. You know? (laughs) You know? And I know that people ahead of time, you might think, wait a second, you're going to do a social media segment over an audio medium? How does that work? How is that going to work? Does that even because make you've sense? You've all seen the meme. You've all seen the meme, right? We like it's the NBA where amazing happens, but it doesn't only happen on the court. It happens on social media, kids. And it was no different this week. And let, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Kyrie Irving is balling. Kyrie Irving hard, with a huge, hard right now, huge comeback win against the Hawks. So about five minutes after the game ends. LeBron James Instagrams a picture of Arthur's clenched fist (laughs) with a caption that just says mood. Now, the first reason why this was amazing to me, and I think I tweeted it out, the fact that the greatest player, the greatest athlete on the planet Instagrams a photo of a cartoon character (laughs) and the entire sports world goes crazy trying to figure out what he's talking about. There's still so much more than this because this is a meme that hasn't been popular for like six months. <laughs> this is like a dad LeBron moment here. It's great stuff. <laughs> but you bring up the great point. But who is he mad at? So this is the thing. Obviously, because it's five minutes after Kyrie Irving's comeback performance against a Hawks team that just beat LeBron's team. Yeah, I was going to say the same Hawks team that handed it to LeBron <laughs> and the Cavs. Right? The easy assumption is oh, LeBron is talking about Kyrie and he's upset. So then it it trickles down. You have Dwayne Wade laughing with the the laughing emoji. You have Isaiah Thomas Thomas chiming in with, need me to handle somebody, cuz? You got to love the small small guys in the world, right? Oh, it's so amazing. And meanwhile, everyone in NBA Twitter is just going crazy, trying to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, it's discovered by the internet sleuths out there that at the same time, LeBron and JR are liking videos of Kyrie crossovers against the Hawks in the fourth quarter. (laughs) So then it's like, wait a second. If LeBron's kind of mad, then 
if he's mad at Kyrie, how's he liking other videos? What's he talking about? But then the next morning, <laughs> maybe things become clear because we find out that Eric Bledsoe has now been traded to the Bucks. So this uh, leads to our feed me question. Do you think LeBron was talking about Kyrie or was his mood about losing out on Eric Bledsoe? Webby, I, I think, pose this question to you. I think it's way more existential than that. Like oh, any okay. good meme, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, uh, his mood is not focused in on one event. Oh, I think, I think that this is a cul- this meme is a culmination of feelings that LeBron is having. <laughs> you know, I think that it's a it's a it's a little bit of the Eric Bledsoe. It's a little bit of of the team that just beat him, lost to his former teammate, or it just got beat by his former teammates' team. Uh, a guy that said that he didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. I'm sure it's a little bit of LeBron looking at the standings. Looking at his team, how it's situated now, now that they didn't get Eric Bledsoe. I think it's a lot. I think it's just a, like it said, it said mood, right? I think it's just an overall mood of LeBron James. (laughs) I definitely think that it was probably more in reference to Bledsoe. Just because, uh, just a reminder for everyone, if you don't know, uh, Eric Bledsoe happens to be represented by LeBron's peoples. Yeah. So if this trade was going down, obviously LeBron would have an in and get a heads up that, hey, he's not joining you in Cleveland. He's actually going to the Bucks. So I think it could be part of that. But you're, you bring up a great point. Maybe he found out as he's watching Kyrie kill it and he's just sitting there like, this is not good. Everything's just yeah. going sideways for him yeah. at the same time. But what do you think of his answer when they asked him about it a couple of days he's later? He's like, I like the cartoon Arthur. He's like, I like Arthur. I don't know. <laughs> like, how could he say that with a straight face? Like, that's amazing, right? Like, we've seen LeBron act before, right? We've seen his performance in whatever that movie was with Amy Schumer. Uh, Trainwreck, yeah, which I was just talking about at work the other day. He was really good in Trainwreck. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie at all. And we, we saw his acting skills again to the reporters as he, he says his tweet was in reference to the fact that he likes Arthur, right? So, you know, it's so crazy. It's so, like, I mean, we grew up watching Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. A guy who, you know, we we were in awe of, idolized. He never did, like, I can't even imagine MJ doing something like this. Right? It and it's not to so say that I don't love that LeBron does this. I think it adds so much more to his character and to the way that the NBA is going. It's great, but it's just wild that this it becomes such a huge story. Right? 2017. It sums up 2017 perfectly and just what life is like in this era, in this generation, that the greatest athlete in the world is sending out memes or things we called memes, but it's just a picture of a cartoon character and the whole world goes crazy. (laughs) And then, sorry, not even just the media is going crazy, but other players. You got your boy Draymond trolling the next day as he sends out a picture of him celebrating with his tongue out with the caption that says mood. And obviously that picture gets liked by Kevin Durant. And we all see that as well. And then LeBron doubles down and shows, he he brings out his layout app, which I'm assuming one of his sons showed him what that is, (laughs) right? Because LeBron now sends out a picture where it's, it's, him at every different level of his career. So you have one with him in high school, then it's mm-hmm. split screen with him looking rookie year LeBron in Cleveland, then you have him in the Heat uniform, and then you have him back with the Cavs, and in every single picture, he's flexing, but like he has his fists up in the air, and then also puts in the Arthur meme with the <sighs> caption again that says mood, but it says mood forever. Hashtag strive for greatness. Like, what is going on? I love the the level of petty in the NBA is so amazing, and I'm here for all of it. It's so it's so much fun. Now, uh, my feed me segment. uh, There's no red panda update this week. (laughs) I've not seen any red panda videos, but okay, uh, we were we were talking about faults a little while ago. Markel Fultz, number one overall pick of this year's draft. Oh yeah, that guy. 76er. Much maligned for his uh, shoulder and uh, 
shooting woes, mm-hmm. the Sixers have sat him down. And this week it came out a story that uh, Fultz was in the gym getting shots up left-handed. <laughs> okay. So the Twitter, again, as it's been known to do, goes nuts. Of course. And then Fultz retweets the story of him shooting left-handed. And unlike LeBron, who goes with the memes, Fultz goes with the emojis. (laughs) With a crying laughing face, crying laughing face, a right hand emoji, and a finger pointing towards it. (laughs) Which leads me to believe that Fultz, this left-hand shooting story, is maybe a little overblown. I mean, of course it is. But anything that happens right now with this Philadelphia 76ers team, and especially something with their team and the medical staff, is going to be overblown. This is amazing. How does this video get out? Why are there people in the gym that they're allowing to just film Fultz while, like, if you know how much this story blew up over the past week, right? Where you had the agent come out and, you know, he was misquoted or he just got it wrong or whatever. This whole situation is being messed up by the Sixers organization, right? So if he is setting, sitting down for an indefinite amount of time and is finally getting treatment or whatever, having his right shoulder dealt with, why are you allowing other random people that you do not have control over what they're doing, why are you allowing them in the gym while Fultz is working out? That's my question. Uh, you know what? Philadelphia has a long storied history of some great investigative journalism. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. I love it. I love it. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, Philly. Philly is amazing. The city of Philadelphia and their, their sports town, like, Again, I know we we talk a lot. Obviously, it's a basketball podcast, so our focus is solely on the Sixers. But, but are you on the Wentz wagon? I am. I'm not mad at Carson Wentz at all. The Eagles are flying high. But I'm just yeah. saying Philly is a great sports town. And so it's just so amazing to see this now where both teams are relevant for positive reasons. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's been a long time for the Sixers, and it, it's just great to see. And the Fultz thing is just hilarious because under normal circumstances, the team would still be crap while this is going on. But the fact that the team is doing well and Ben Simmons continues to just kill it, I mean, it just makes it a lot easier to laugh at this Fultz situation. No? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because things are going well, it's okay. Yeah. Totally okay. Having such a great time with this NBA season and the Sixers. Hopefully Fultz is back soon, but as we're we're finding out, hey, they're winning games even without your boy Joel Embiid. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little Sixers corner here, Webby. Go ahead. Do, do your thing here. Sixers winning games without Embiid and Sarge stepping right in. What, what's going on here? Are they legit? Dario Sarge. The fact that he lost the Rookie of the Year award to Malcolm Brogdon last year is an absolute travesty. The, the guy has just been getting warmed up. And like I say, you're just seeing a Sixers team start to coalesce right now. Ooh. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And, Shelly, I know you love this, but Jared Bayless <laughs> on the shelf for a couple of weeks. And it's the best thing that's happened. But more so than how much I'm loving how the Sixers are playing. Mm-hmm. Just take a look at the, at the standings in the East and tell me how great it is to see a New York Knicks team and a Philadelphia 76ers team and a Detroit Pistons team, an Orlando Magic team, all start to turn it around and look like absolute, legit teams in the Eastern Conference. This is what we've been waiting for for years is this Eastern Conference to get reshuffled and not have the same teams up there year in, year out. And I know it's a long season. I know we got a long way to go. But I'll tell you, these four teams, uh, if you're not going out and, and actively seeking out Magic games, Sixers games, Knicks games, and Pistons games, you're doing something wrong. Because these teams are playing some great basketball right now. I don't know if it's going to last the entire season, but it is definitely fun to watch. 
And I'm telling you, it's going to be a late night tonight as I stay up and watch my Sixers take on the Kings. But it's going to be worth it because Embiid, <laughs> Embiid is back. The Kings are bad, and I'm praying for a win. I like what you said there just about the, the reshuffling of the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. And yeah, you know what? Hey, it might not last, right? But enjoy the ride. That's the beauty of the NBA season, right? We do so much, we spend so much time crapping on the regular season when you can turn on a game any night and enjoy watching, you know, does Stan Van have something? Has Stan Van turned the corner with this Detroit Pistons team? Watch the magic. The magic are a really fun team to watch right now. Yeah. I mean, the the whole storyline of Gordon getting a jump shot now, like that's amazing. This is what you want to see. You want to see players develop and add different wrinkles to their game, right? Go off in the summer and come back with uh, something more added to their arsenal, right? We've already discussed how awesome it is to see the Sixers, the process finally working, right? How awesome is it to see the the garden going crazy? Like these are all just great storylines and the parody that we're getting in the East, I, I think that's going to be the storyline of the season that nobody predicted because we were so focused on, oh, well, Golden State's going to win. Oh, well, the West is just way better. But the parody of the East and you not knowing what's going to happen, especially after, even if you want to say Celtics and uh, Cavs at the top, you have no idea what's going to happen the rest of the way down. And you might have like an NFL thing where the parody rules and that's what makes it so exciting. I, I'm in on this Eastern Conference for the regular season. I'm, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Totally in. And I, I'm really waiting for that Celtic Sixers second-round playoff matchup. Woo-wee. Oh, God. If I, I might go down to Boston and just set the town on fire. I hate them so much. <laughs> Speaking of setting the town on fire, Webby, ah, leads us to our mailbag segment, or oh. Ask on Blast. And uh, this question comes from our guy, Timmy Haggs, who wants to know, what do you make of Leangelo Ball and his two teammates getting caught for shoplifting in China? I'm like, they're lucky that they're not getting the lash. What happened to the, what happened to the kid uh, years ago who, who I think it was Singapore that like spit his gum on the ground and got caned. Now, what do you do? What are you doing going in a different country and shoplifting? I heard the hottest take before I left work today. And it was you should go to China and shoplift. That's their trade (laughs) their trade laws. No, that was not the take. But the take was is this all a part of the ball reality show? Oh no. Like is this LeVar pulling strings just coming up with the storyline for the one son that nobody talks about? I was gonna say this was the first time I was like, yo, they got Lamello, and then it was like, "Oh no, this is LaAngelo," <laughs> and I was like, "There's another one, <laughs> right?" Like he, he must be the bad one, though. He must be not any good. Because like nothing else really makes sense, right? Like, are you gonna really tell me, okay, that these kids are that dumb that they thought what <sighs> three, six, six <laughs> black dudes? In China, we're going to get away with shoplifting in a store? Like, do you not think you stand out as three, six, six, eight plus black dudes in China? You you think that you're you're going to be stealth with it and really be stealing in China and no one's going to notice you? Come on. Did we find out what what they were shoplifting? What store were they at? I'm pretty sure it was a Louis Vuitton store. Oh, God. (laughs) That's not that's not shoplifting. That's robbery. It's just dumb. Like what? Like it doesn't. This whole thing doesn't make sense. And I, I almost hope that this is a LeBron or LeBron uh, uh, a stunt a, a LeVar Kardashian stunt. Yes, like Chris Jenner's behind this whole thing. Like I really hope it is one of those things because I just don't want to believe that these kids can be that dumb that they were actually trying to steal from this store in China. I, I just hope that that's the case. That they're not. Shelly, they got into UCLA. I mean, how smart do you really think they are? <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. That's, that's so good. So br- it's just so bad for this. It's such a bad look for the school. Yeah. That Coach Wooden is spinning in his grave right now. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, just our, brutal. I, 
I, I don't know what to make of this. I need to find out more. And I've I been know. feeling well, this for the last name. couple of days. Like ever since it came across my timeline <laughs> that, oh, it wasn't even, sorry. The initial story, when I saw the initial story, I was like, this is ridiculous. But then when I saw uh, your boy Arash Marchese tweeting out LeVar Ball getting set to host a, a press conference <laughs> from the hotel in China, I was like, Oh my God! Like the 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 Tyson zone of that scenario, a Lebar Ball <laughs> press conference <laughs> talking about his son. Oh my God! I, I can't even I can't even fathom what that would be like. They're talking about can they get this on Periscope? Like I was like, whatever the feed is, I gotta find this. That's amazing. <laughs> the Ball family just continues to um, do amazing things. You know, you know what I never noticed that I j- was just brought to my attention the other day. Is when you go to the big baller brand website oh, and they have the t-shirts. Yeah. That LeVar Ball is one of the t-shirt models. <laughs> With his head cut off. Like, you know, they, they'll just show the t-shirt and the guy's head will be cut off at the neck. Yeah. And so somebody brought it up. It's like, oh my God, LeVar Ball is one of the t-shirt models on his website. Hey, got to cut costs. Got to save money somehow, right? <laughs> It's like some model, some model, and then it's just like LeVar Ball. <laughs> it's too good. So good. The other, uh, I love this family. I love them. It's amazing. Uh, the funniest was uh, my boy Neil. I sit beside at work. He, his first reaction when I told him the story, he's like, but wait a second. I thought he was a big baller. Why would you be stealing? <laughs> <laughs> big ballers don't steal. I'm like, you know what? You bring up a very good point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, this is so good. So good. Oh, oh man. man. I think Webby, that's a great spot to end this yeah. week's podcast. As Going to shoplift from the Louis store. <laughs> if you have any other information, don't hesitate to send it Please to us. Find us. <laughs> find us online. You can find me at Shell Alexander on Twitter. I am at A Webster84 on the Twitter machine. <laughs> and as always, hope you enjoyed this edition of Ball on Blast. As always, unpolished, unapologetic. We'll see you again next week. Peace. See ya.